The Old Testament reading for this 17th Sunday after Pentecost, Christian Education Sunday, is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Here ends the Old Testament. The epistle is recorded in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, evangelist, and some to be pastors and, so, and teachers, to prepare God's people for work of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measures of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of man of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth of love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. We stand in honor of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel is recorded in St. Luke, chapter 10, beginning verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Here ends the Holy Gospel. Okay, everybody that was in Sunday school this morning, come forward. Oh, this could be interesting. Sometimes it goes by other names. Ah. Sometimes it's called the Youth Bible Class. How's that? Now I'll get, have a real question. Uh, sometimes it's called Pastor's Sunday Bible Study. Oh, what's that word now? Snap? Ouch. I don't get it. How come they go to Sunday school? What are the rest of you guys doing? Sleeping? Having coffee? Donuts? Well, let that gnaw on your conscience a little bit. 
Isn't it fun when you can get mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, aunts and uncles? Okay. If I use the word education right now, you think of what? School. And when I asked a bunch of you, how's school going, you said ringing answers like, okay. (laughs) Christian education is not supposed to be that way at all. Okay, I'm going to do something to you, for you, demonstrate it. Now you're going to watch carefully because you're going to learn. What am I doing, Nick? <laughs> well, I'm making circles going opposite directions. Now that you've seen me do it, go ahead, do it. What is this? Even the adults aren't doing it? Now, this is not education. If you merely hear something and somebody shows you something and you think you learned it, you have not. So I'm give you, and I give you a... I'm going to do it this way. Hopefully there's enough of these. Pass those around. Everybody can get a piece of paper. Hopefully there's enough. Everybody take a piece of paper. There's a trick to this or a key to learning this. That's okay. This is all Scottish stationery, just in case any of you are worried. It had something on one side and it has nothing on the other, but it has nothing to do with what I'm going to do. At least most of you have a piece. The rest of you got to watch very carefully. Here is the concept. To do this thing of going opposite direction, it is like tearing a piece of paper this way. Watch what I do. Notice I'm tearing it apart. That is the basic motion of what you do when you start. So go ahead, tear it. Opposite, just tear it like that. Okay, you're getting it? (laughs) Okay, now that I've taught you that, watch what I do again. It's like tearing paper. Tear. Don't even think, just let it come around again. Don't think. Come to the top. Tear. Make the motion. Tear. Just come around. Don't think. Tear. Okay, you've learned it, right? How many think you've learned it? One. Two. Three. Maybe four. Lauren, show them how it's done. Show them how it's done. Eh. Stand up and do that. See? Now, the trick to education is, of course you have to pay attention, but practice, practice, practice. That's how you learn how to do something. I mean, I can do it this way, make any difference. It's become part of me as I practiced enough at it. If you learn how to do this, you will amaze your friends 
and probably frustrate them. So, did you learn something maybe? Education is a long process. It has to become part of you that you don't even think about it. And Christian education is the same thing. You keep hearing the same stories, but they finally will sink in deeper and deeper and deeper, especially as they're going to point out your sins and especially Jesus. So, I think there's someone that cleans up after church who's probably telling me at this point or screaming silently, just let them leave the paper right here. Okay, so leave the paper right here. Otherwise, it's going to turn into, I don't know, stuff. Okay, so you can all go back now. Don't take your paper with you. Sanctify them by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Our text is Luke chapter 10 which is the story of Mary and Martha. They're saints of God in Christ Jesus. Education requires that you be like Mary. Some of you are thinking, however, but it doesn't work that way at my house, like for Christmas dinner, somebody's birthday party, or any of those things. Who is the really honorable person when there's a big party, it's the person working in the kitchen. Right, ladies? That's the real important stuff to do. You've got to cook it well. It has to be served well. All of these things, that's how you honor your guest. You don't just go to Fred's Pizza and and order one, although it's probably easier. Education is being like Mary. She sets aside other seemingly important activities, like being in the kitchen. And notice she is sitting at Jesus' feet. He is the Word made flesh, and she wants to learn. It takes time, so she dedicates everything to that. She is listening to him very intently and carefully, and she's not doing any other activities no matter how important they may seem. Modern American Christians, however, try to do two things at once, going two directions at the same time. You really cannot have Christian education going on when you're doing something else at the same time. Education means you are sitting at Jesus' feet, really taking time and effort to pay attention, which the kids were, I think, at least a couple of the parents were. That's a required thing for education. And it's not done quickly. It takes, in effect, a lifetime. And it begins very early. Look at the Old Testament reading. It talks about how you're to do education with your children. He says, impress them upon your children. The Hebrew word for impress literally means to make a mark on them, an impression. This is done by doing something over and over and over and over again. But it's not just talk. It's talking about these truths of God 
Notice the places. And it's not just Sunday school or not just confirmation class. Talk about them when you sit at home. That's usually during a meal. Does anybody really go home and talk about the sermon anymore? That used to be done quite regularly. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you take a trip somewhere. Are you using your whatever devices with your thumbs, or are you maybe talking a little religion or have religious questions? Moses is saying, have religious questions and talk about it together. When you lie down, I have heard some terrible stories at times in Christian homes when the little ones go down to bed at night that mom or dad are too busy to say prayers with them. That's horrible. Parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles pray with them when they lie down at night. Say the same prayer over and over again. Get that impressed upon their heart and mind when you lie down and when you get up. Now, how many of you ever say morning prayers the first time you pop awake in the morning? Luther said when you arise in the morning, you should make the sign of the cross to remind you of your baptism. He thought that was the minimum. Sometimes I get up and I do that and I say something like, Oh God, help me today. That's a perfectly good prayer, too. But to begin the prayer, begin the day with prayer. Some of you have portals of prayer. That's also a good thing to have early in the morning when it's quiet and maybe you're having your morning coffee. When you lie down, when you get up. Now, here's an even better system. It's very Jewish. It says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Does that look goofy or what? This is called a phylactery. And Orthodox Jews wear these things on festivals. Not during the day like Moses intended, but only during festivals. They also had another phylactery that went on the left arm closest to the heart. They actually had quite a long band And they would tie it up on the arm. And Sandy, if you'd be so kind as to try to tie that on to me. Well, at least so the blood flows. There, thank you. Probably none of you have ever seen an Orthodox Jew wearing his phylacteries. There's very tiny pieces of paper in them of the most important passages from the Old Testament tucked inside. What's odd is they never read them. That's what's so goofy. They'd be better off reading them. But it is part of God's Word, here and here. So what's the point? If you're Jewish, you only do it on high festivals. Moses is really saying you should do it every single day. If I actually had these things put on correctly, when I would be moving my head, the phylactery is supposed to kind of bounce on my forehead. It's supposed to be a reminder. 
All of my thoughts, my plans, all of my thinking is supposed to be connected with God. I should be doing and thinking and planning God's will in my life. And this thing bumping on my forehead was supposed to remind them of that. Again, all through the day. And when you did work, this phylactery on your hand would be bumping as to remind you that all of your activities are to be in accord with God's word. He who made, created, worked at, making all creation, now is the one who is watching over you in your work. What Moses has here is the Jewish notion of education. Notice how thorough it is. Also they had something, it says, write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. Orthodox Jews have one further thing that I didn't have, because they cost too much. It's called a mezuzah. A mezuzah is a very fancy, oblong, metal thing, again containing scriptures, and it is nailed on the doorpost, on the main door. And Orthodox Jews would take their prayer shawl or their first two fingers and would touch the mezuzah. Again, they didn't read what was inside. They would just touch it. And that mezuzah would be pulled off any time you had to go to a new home. And every Jewish home had a mezuzah. Now, in all of this, we could learn this dedication to having God in our thoughts, minds, and actions all through the day. But did you notice something that was missing? Well, of course, they didn't read the little scripture passages. That's missing. But someone is missing. It is Christ Jesus. When Mary and Martha invited Jesus into their home, they probably had a mezuzah on the door. Now, the ladies didn't wear these things. It was only for the guys. But the thing that was missing in all the Jewish way of doing things was the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, it's not just that I'm saying that middle word, truth. Way is talking about conduct. How do you conduct yourself throughout the day? That's part of education. He is the way, the truth, that truth having to do not only with what is right, but also with what is merciful. Because in all that we think and do during the day, we sin purposely. Way, truth, and life. When Christ is there with us and we realize he's there with us and we are thinking about his word and will throughout the day, that's life. That's the beginning of new life. Some of you at this point are saying, nah, I've got along fine without this stuff. I'm not wearing a Jewish phylactery. Sandy ties really good knots. <laughs> Guess I'll leave this on. I know very well, having talked with Lutherans for, oh, 30-some years, I guess, or is it, no, almost 40. When you get through confirmation class, you figure you've learned it all. You've had the mean pastor having you memorize stuff and give answers about stuff, and you've had it up to here besides you know it all, right? 
Is that why when I had all of those who were in uh, classes come up that there could have been some of you older people, adults, you could have come up because I know there's some of you that come to my Bible class. Ask yourself this morning, why don't I pay attention to God's Word more fully? You pay attention to politics. You listen to songs. You engage in all kinds of frivolous talk. All this stuff seems to come in on us and we pay close attention to it. But when it comes to God's Word, nope, we think we've learned everything. Did you catch the warning in the epistle? When Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he was very much concerned about being built up, literally constantly being built up in the knowledge. And it doesn't mean here. It means heart knowledge, faith knowledge, religious knowledge. In the knowledge of the Son of God. The aim is to become more and more mature, more adult in the using of God's Word. The danger here and the warning that Paul gives, he talks about infants being tossed back and forth by the waves. I had a wedding yesterday on the coast of Lake Michigan, thundering waves. Wasn't a single person out there in the surf. But if you would have been, you would have been tossed back and forth and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Unless you are constantly going back to the truths of God's Word, and I do mean the basic things you learned in confirmation class, unless that stuff is constantly being rehearsed and gone through again and applied, what's going to happen is the world around you is going to eat you alive. Questions naturally come up in life. And if the answer to those questions that worry you are worldly answers that have nothing to do with God's Word, you're in big trouble. You're no longer on the way, that path that's leading to life. We are going to be starting a Bible class on the book of Job on Wednesday mornings. If any of you are free on a Wednesday morning or can get free, I invite you to be there because Job is not just a story of a poor guy that had hard luck. When he tries to ask the question, why, which is still an important question for things in our life when things go wrong, his attempt at answering these questions as well as the attempts of his three friends and then a young buck who almost gets it right, that's the stuff of real education. If you can't come to a meaningful answer to life's hard questions, you're held captive by the world. And all you've got are stupid earthly opinions, by the way, which don't work. The book of Job works through all of these different things, sometimes very painfully. I'm not going to tell you the end because that would ruin the whole book, but it's not exactly what you think it's going to be. God's Word alone tells us the way it's supposed to be, and ultimately, Job submits himself to God and God's way of doing things. 
It is not, therefore, in the end of the book, a matter of understanding. It is a matter of simple, childlike faith in God who is a father. That's displayed for us in the life of Jesus himself. Christian education, after all, as I'd said earlier, finally only centers around Jesus Christ, his truth, but also the truth of his mercy and forgiveness toward you. And that's the key to Christian education. Amen. And the peace of God that passes understanding will keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen. If you turn to the second page of the bulletin, we will continue with the confession of sins, and we kneel. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.